We're slovenly, we're feelingy, we're really kinda dumb. We're Terry, Shar, and Lissa, all here to have some fun. So guard your holes, let's make some rolls and talk some D&D with the Cave Trolls. Uh, so yeah, uh, we're recording now, and it's been a while since we recorded. We did a little episode in the interim and a little GM special, and I'm just so tired. I, I haven't <laughs> slept in a couple of weeks. I've been crunching. Oh, I know. I mean, like I have. Like obviously, I'm not dead. Freddy Krueger hasn't got me yet, so I have slept a little bit, but not much. Mm-hmm. But it's been crunch time for the comic, and uh, which is all good stuff. But I've been so busy, and I apologize right. that Cave Joel's kind of took a backseat. Listen, you gotta do what you gotta do. We all respect the art hustle here. Oh man, is it a hustle? It's not hustling right now. Like it's a pretty slow jog. If I'm gonna be completely honest, if well, I even to like, hustle. even if you run a marathon, you're still running a marathon. Like you still get tired, even if you're not like sprinting the whole way. You know? Yeah, and I I Listen. could not sprint. Listen, I walked it. Uh, there was no. <laughs> <goal>. <laughs> you did work a marathon. <laughs> Which is more than I can say. Like, I can't even say I've walked a marathon. Like, my brother has run many marathons, and my parents talk about it sometimes. And I'm like, are you telling me you want me to run a marathon? Because that's not actually going to happen. I hope you realize this. But um, I'm so glad that you're proud of your son. <laughs> but yeah, I will never be him. <laughs> I, will never, I will never run a marathon. I support you. Uh, yes, always. I, I just won't do that. I'll make a donation if you need it. It'll be a small. Yeah, yeah. But because uh, I don't know how much you're gonna run, I'm I'll not gonna be good duped. vibes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, <laughs> not not running any marathons anytime soon. Not really not running, just like period. No, uh, that's not really my thing. I stopped that after I quit sports. Yes. Uh, in the interim, we'll talk about it in uh our eye of the beholder section. Also, quit Twitter. Um, during the interim, so there's that. Oh man. Oh, I'm sorry. I quit you. X. I, I quit X. Don't, don't. <laughs> You're gonna get me fired up before we get to the section. <laughs> so Terry, <laughs> Terry, what you're saying is you don't zeet anymore. I don't zeet anymore. Oh, I don't. God. I don't have it in me to zeet. Formally tweet. <laughs> Uh, I, I don't, I just, I just can't, I can't do it. Also never made the jump to threads because it started to lose momentum. So I was like, I'm going to use this as my opportunity mm-hmm. to not jump onto another meta thing because they almost got me. Mm-hmm. I was almost peer pressured and, mm-hmm. uh, no shade to anybody who did go on threads. That's completely fine. I just didn't want to deal with any more <laughs> And you're superior. We want everybody to know it. <laughs> yeah, no, not at all. It, it was... It, it was not really a matter of principles. I just didn't want to deal with them anymore. I understood why people were going. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and plus, like, I feel like for you, you just you just don't do social media usually. So it takes a lot for you yeah. to, like, want to build a social media presence, which is a valid, like, <laughs> feeling to have in this economy. Like, it is taxing. It's basically a full-time job, especially if you're a creator and you want to, like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, promote your work yeah specifically yeah. like it is a full it's a bit essentially another full-time job so like it it's a totally valid position to just not be like i don't even want to fucking deal with this thank like, you, fair. you yeah, <laughs> that's I mean, fair I just, I, I just don't i don't like it i don't want to i don't yeah. like most of the people that i do like you know what i mean <laughs> I yeah let alone Aww. like new people except for all my followers thank you so much for your support <laughs> i uh, i couldn't do it without you um <laughs> 
before <laughs> I put my foot in my mouth even more, let's get into the bits and bobs of it. This is where we talk about all the new games and supplements coming out to a TTRPG table near you. First up, we have the Wicked Forever King Hungers, uh, the TTRPG. Oh, yeah. This is coming to Kickstarter. Uh, who sent me this? Lissa sent me this, right? Lissa? Question yes, mark? this looks familiar. Vaguely this familiar, looks like yes. Alyssa vibe, so I'd be surprised if yes, she did Yes, yes. This is basically <laughs> Merc Borg meets Lasers and Feelings. Uh, I'm very excited for this game. Uh, there's a little quick play that you can check out. Uh, pretty in-depth. If you like the Lasers and Feelings system, this is basically, it's like a, a rules light. The original Lasers and Feelings is uh, kind of Star Trek-based um and it varies what you roll like if you're rolling for like a charisma based roll you want to roll over your target number using a d6 if you're doing like the sciencey stuff you want to roll under your number so it kind of keeps you engaged in that way even though there's not a lot of rules you got to check whether you're going above or below your dc use a d6 mm -hmm. if you get advantage if i remember correctly it's like you roll 2d6 and uh if there's other circumstances or if you're getting help you roll 3d6 etc so it's a pretty simplified game um and then the the wicked king there's a couple of games so i'm trying to make sure i'm not confusing this with other ones but this one is like you're trying to fulfill like your role and stop the wicked king before they take over and there's kind of like a timekeeping aspect where slowly as the game goes on, the king's getting closer and closer to doing whatever evil bidding you set up for the game. And if they reach it, that's kind of the game over state. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So anxiety inducing. Right. 100%. <laughs> and it's great for like shorter games or campaigns too. Like uh, I've played a couple of lasers and feelings and it's really cool to be able to like finish basically like a Star Trek movie in one sitting um mm. is kind of how we used I, it okay so that that would be kind of what i would do with this is to run like a, a short fantasy game that was pretty dire like sauron's going to take over um by the end of this game basically right 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 makes sense so yeah. high yeah so it's, it's it's more built for that like one shot or like five shot kind of campaign more so than something that's way more overarching and can take you know months years etc 100 percent, 100 percent. um and uh i i'm really liking just like how chill it is like the the rules light part of lasers and feelings is great but even with this one it's uh it's pretty straightforward you can get all the rules on one page explains like this is when you use 1d6 this is where you use 2d6 um this is how like if if they take over before the game's over this is where you go to it kind of has everything you need right there to go um and i say chill as in like the rules the game itself is very not chill <laughs> like it's a very just stressful yeah you say <laughs> chill but listen mentioned anxiety i'm like dude i don't think those two things actually connect uh so are you two interested in this lissa obviously i know that you did send this to me is this something that you're going to be trying to play i mean yeah i, I i'm not backing it because i have no money at the moment but um it, it would be something that like if somebody came to me and was like we should play this i would definitely be up and running to be like oh my god this sounds chaotic and anxiety inducing let me spoil my evening for this <laughs> let me spoil my evening <laughs> i mean i i have i have high anxiety when it comes to like anything with a time limit yep. so yeah. that that would be me spoiling not not long not that i'm not like having fun it's just me having anxiety the whole evening and then maybe you know <laughs> having fun at the end but <laughs> but like fun anxiety anxiety but can yeah be fun, like fun, fun anxiety <laughs> 
Oh my well, god. I, I, I gotta make sure I don't conflate this, because there's another game you sent me that has a very similar tone to this, but it's a little bit more fleshed out. So, uh, let me know when we get to the next one, if I repeat anything. If you're like, hey, that sounds like this okay. other one, I'll double check and make sure I'm not comparing the rules. But just to finish up this one, uh, it had a really, really small goal. It was like 50 bucks. They reached it pretty quickly. Um, they're at $646. You can back oh, it yeah. still if you want to. Um, I think for like uh, five bucks you can get it. No, two dollars. Two dollars you can get a PDF. So, um, go check that out if you're interested. Uh, if you are interested in Lasers and Feelings, where this comes from, I have played that. You can get that for free or pay it, pay what you want. Give them three bucks if you can. That's like the minimum they ask for. But you mm -hmm. can get it for zero dollars if you don't have that. Um, both games seem to be pretty cool. Lasers and Feelings is a fucking blast. So moving that to a fantasy thing, definitely worth it. And for two bucks, come on. Like, <laughs> what else are you going to do? <laughs> um, so go check that out. And we will move on to the next section. Shadow of the Weird Wizard. Um, this is, at first glance, when you sent this to me, Lisa, I was like, oh, another, like, small one. And I've heard of uh, Shadow of the Demon Lord. I haven't played it, but I have some friends that play it. Um, kind of in that, like, old-school RPG rules light systems um, where they just kind of want to go through a dungeon. They use Shadow of the Demon Lord mm -hmm. sometimes. Mm. Um, so I was like, I was somewhat familiar with this, but I didn't know Shadow of the Weird Wizard. And this is actually a lot more higher profile than, than at first glance. So uh, Shadow of the Weird Wizard, enter a magical realm darkened by the Shadow of the Weird Wizard using an evolution of the rules from Shadow of the Demon Lord. Um, but it's actually from one of the original designers of 5th Edition. Um, which is why it's gotten like a bunch of attention. Plus, Shadow of the Demon Lord is a pretty popular OSR. Uh, mm -hmm. So, way way bigger project than I thought. I was like, oh, what's the small game? What's this? Like, I don't know what this <laughs> is. Indie but it looks vibe. Cool. <laughs> yeah. And I start reading. I was like, holy shit! And then I look through some of my emails. A buddy of mine was like part of the play test originally. I was like, oh, this is a big deal. Oh, uh, shit. So, so yeah, uh, go check this out. Robert J. Schwab. Uh, it's from one of the original creators of 5th edition. You can shout out the Demon Lord. If you don't know, shout out the Demon Lord and this system. Kind of a rules light uh, OSR. And it's if you're familiar with any D20 system, it plays like that. You roll a D20, you add your attribute, um, and you go from there. Like you, you would be able to pick this up and play if you've played fifth edition or any of the D and D systems. So not complicated at all. Um, and very similar to the last game we talked about the shadow of the weird, the weird wizard is slowly taking over, you know, the fantasy world and you want to stop them before they hit their goal. And if they hit their goal before, um, the game has rules about you being on that side of it. Uh, so the game doesn't have to necessarily stop if the bad guy wins. Uh, but it's it's pretty cool, and it got a lot of steam. Uh, 224000 pledged out of a $30,000 goal. Uh, so it's coming, so you don't have to worry about it. <laughs> like If you're like, oh, no, I don't know if I want to back this. It still has 27 days to go, so there's plenty of time to That's toss your that. money at this and get your book if you want to. I think the lowest one um, past the just like helping with it is you can get the PDF for 14 bucks, which is a pretty good deal. And if you want like the hard copy, I think it's 50 bucks. Yeah, and it looks like there are like uh, stretch goals too. So just because it's over its limit, they're still like like a good handful of stretch goals that you like more quests and more like magic items and stuff that you can help unlock in the final version if you donate, which is 
pretty cool to see yeah especially for like yeah. an osr which is usually like pretty rules light we're talking max i think the biggest osr i have it's like this mutant system they call it i think it's like 25 pages for the rule book this is 350 pages fully colored it, yes it's oh a full d20 system yeah it's uh it's a big deal <laughs> so like it makes sense and for what you're paying for 50 bucks very very good deal 14 for the pdf amazing um mm -hmm. so i recommend this and if you don't osr old school rpg is what that means so that doesn't mean oh everything's racist and sexist <laughs> what it means is yeah. like hey it's a little bit easier to play just like a dungeon crawl the rules are a little bit more simplified uh closer to like the original dungeons and dragons rule set um again i can't account for anything about this game because i haven't played it but they're not advertising it as racist and sexist they're advertising this as hey it's a little bit easier like the old school <laughs> rpgs um, whereas you know with like ad and d and oed and d they basically <laughs> said hey you want to be uh sexist and racist play this game yeah didn't you know the <laughs> didn't you know did you not know the dragonborn had boobs uh, yeah. even though they're reptiles did you not know that women can't have above a certain strength score did you not know that i'm so sorry that's uh realism yeah i want to get women more examples but i don't want to <laughs> you know right now so yeah. join the club yeah I, listen it's way more effective to you mine's almost purely empathy listen uh, lissa and i are feeling empowered from the barbie movie none of that can hurt us anymore hell yeah hell yeah <laughs> Yeah, I just I just posted on threads power. saying that I'm making Barbie my entire personality from now on. So um As you should. I think that's right, honestly. Yeah. I watched Barbenheimer, you know, I watched Oppenheimer and now I'm feeling not empowered. I feel like we're all gonna die from a nuclear explosion. Yeah. I wanted to do Barbenheimer, but I couldn't because the people that I went to see Barbie with didn't want to see Oppenheimer, which is valid because No one yeah. I should have we should have made plans started because no one wanted we to see should've. either with me. So I just went yeah, I, by myself. Oh, well I just I went with my mom and my aunt, which was a wonderful experience. Mm -hmm. However, mm -hmm. I think I cried like five bazillion times more because I had my mom with me. Yeah, that's that's a that's a completely valid point. Uh, also, <laughs> just a quick aside, both were fucking awesome. Like, I was yeah. a little bit ready to okay. be, not necessarily let down, I was just like, the hype is real for both of these, yeah, so I'm trying not to get so too real. excited, right? Yeah. Um, but no, nah, they both lived up to expectations. Also saw TMNT the next day. That was also amazing. Highly recommend that if you like animated moves, uh, movies, yeah. TMNT, or if you have kids, because it's a really, but it's a fucking funny movie. Um, and it, so very fun three movies to go see in the last couple of weeks. The <laughs> wow, movie theaters are back, baby. Movies. Let's go. Until uh, the writers to the moon. I was <laughs> until the writers and actors strike hits theaters in the next six months, then we're all fucked. Oh yeah, that's coming Aha! hard for everything. It, 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 like everything. Real talk. <laughs> I so I have a buddy who was slowly trying to get into the WGA. He had done yeah. some uh, commercial writing, and mm -hmm. he had. Uh, it, not a full option for a pilot but like finally had some traction there and he's oh, just yeah. he was just like so heartbroken like oh like, because it like, happened oh right no. then right then it's oh. like all the momentum gone he had to drop his agent like it was a oh, whole thing God. Uh, yeah so That's awful. <laughs> I felt, I, I'm, I'm not laughing at him i just like i felt so bad and like he He's Back doing pretty well still. Like he's written a lot of other that's stuff. That's how we became friends. But it was just mm -hmm. like I was getting all these like really hype emails, like catching mm -hmm. up, and then it just like stopped, like full stop. And I was like, that fucking yeah. sucks. And like yeah, fuck that's the one anecdote. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Fuck them. Fuck them. Um, fuck them. 
But anyways, moving on, go check that out. Uh, I'm going to be doing some of that. I have a fr uh, couple of people that like uh, back Secrets of the Weird Wizard. Uh, this hmm. is the OSR group that was like, oh yeah, we know Shadow of the Demon Lord. I'm like, you're just saying a lot of words. I don't know. They're the ones that explained <laughs> what OSR means, what Shadow of the, mm -hmm. Shadow of the Weird Wizard, why it's important. Because that was a simple message. It was like, hey, have you heard this? I'm like, fuck yeah, we heard of this. We backed it. Let's do this. Uh, like, <laughs> They're that's ready. How I, yeah, that's how I found out it was a big deal. I Lissa was just like, hey, what is this? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> it really shows sometimes like how big the TTRPG community is and like how fractured and niche some of the corners are. It's like, I don't mm -hmm. fucking know what this was. I barely know what OSLers are. <laughs> um speaking of weird niche stuff you like cave of monsters games because me and like 12 other people definitely do um i i love cave of monsters games they created henshin um as well as their new common writer game i forget what it was called it was like kick exclamation point but they got a new game coming out um that is inspired by ultraman uh called three minutes and it is out right now on Kickstarter. You can go back that right now. Uh, it uses a goldfish system. Uh, not goldfish. Go fish system. Go, uh, go fish? Like the card game? Like the card game. You, you, like, to the DC is like, how many matches do you have? And you can use those matches oh. uh, to complete the different uh, things that you're trying to do with your abilities. Uh, so if you don't know, Ultraman is this uh, kind of uh, tokusatsu japanese uh kid show but like it's had some more serious ones where there's people and they can transform into giant superpowered dudes in costumes to fight kaiju that's basically it and this game is inspired by that it's called three minutes because originally ultraman they could only turn into ultraman for three minutes so they had to defeat the kaiju within three minutes um but it's also inspired by a couple of other shows lissa as my go-to power rangers friend do you know ultraman I do know of Ultraman. I mm -hmm. grew up in Asia, so that's yeah. what I figured. I'm like, you, you at least know of it. Uh, did you watch? I it know as a kid? of it. Did I ever watch it? Not particularly. Okay, okay, that's all right. I, I know. I vaguely know what he looks like and that he fights things. Yeah, I mean that's that's pretty accurate. Like, that's, <laughs> <laughs> there's not a lot more to it. Um, there's a couple of cooler <laughs> versions. They did a Shin Ultraman part of the Shin series where they're kind of like rebooting, darkening it up a little bit. That was really really dope um and it's wax and wane just like power rangers over the years but it's cool to see it getting some love uh cave of monsters makes some really fun rules like games uh the go fish system is really inspired i thought that was pretty cool i haven't seen that before i thought this was going to be another hack of henshin like they did with their common writer game um which uses kind of like a a beads uh gm list you kind of take these beads it's kind of like a resource management game when it comes to what your DC is, like you have so much power, you can use it for this or give it to a friend for advantage, that kind of thing. Uh, but yeah, no, in this one you play Go Fish and you try to get matches. And if you have a match, you can summon your guardian, which can be whatever, whether you're turning into a giant monster to fight a giant monster, or you're summoning your Megazord type deal. Um, they have lots of cool options in there. So yeah, check that out if you're into Ultraman or Cave of Monsters games. Uh they, this is not sponsored by that. I'm part of their their uh, uh, little mail group, their newsletter, because I buy their games. So I just got this in the mail. I was like, oh, I got to talk about this. Uh, you can back it still on Kickstarter. It's got 20 days to go. It's at 2000 out of a $3,500 goal. I think uh, you get the whole uh, PDF for 12 bucks. So go do that. 
They do have a print version for 25 which is pretty cheap for any print version. I don't own any of the print versions of any of their games, so I can't talk about how dope that is, but their uh, PDFs are pretty well done. Any interest from you two for Cave of Monsters games, three minutes, etc.? I think it's super interesting that it's a go fish system. I think that's what like got me the most interested of anything. So I'm like, I even I cannot tell you the last time I played go fish, but I know how to play it. And the fact that I know how to play go fish means that hopefully I'll catch on to the mechanics really quick, which is usually the biggest hurdle for me for trying any new TTRPG. I just get so hyper focused on like I need to know everything about this mechanic. I need to know everything that it does so I can make sure that I'm not like embarrassing myself or like whatever, you know, anxiety stuff. So the fact that I know how to play Go Fish <laughs> is great <laughs> and makes me want to play this game because I'm like, okay, I won't look like a total idiot if I try to play it. That's amazing for me. No, part of playing any Tokusatsu-inspired uh, RPG as you played the Power Rangers one-shot for my birthday is that yes. you're going to look like a total idiot anyways. That's half the game. You know, you <laughs> transform into a thing with a spandex suit and you fight giant monsters. It is silly. So you're going to have a hard time looking like an idiot when you play any of these games. But on top of that, yeah, you play Go Fish. It is very simple to jump on as you yeah. read the rules. The reason why I'm not diving too much further into it, because it's exactly what it sounds like. You make your match mm-hmm. and then you attack. If you don't have a match, oh, no, you might lose this fight. Like, that's, uh, it's pretty straightforward. Uh, so go check that out. Lissa, are you into three minutes? I mean, I want to. I want to test it out. Um, I yeah, the game mechanics interest me, but also, I want to see how much I can gather about um, what was it, Ultraman? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Ultraman. That how much can I gather about Ultraman and like his vibe through a game that's based on him, but not really about him? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, you could probably catch a lot of it if you're playing with people that know of Ultraman. Mm. Uh, I my first experience with Ultraman is I knew of him. You saw a lot of the toys that came across to the states, but the show never really did. Every once in a while, you'd find some sort of translated version from some uh, Godzilla marathon. You'd catch like an Ultraman bit or something, or some sort of crossover. Uh, but then when Fox Kids ended and they switched to the Fox Box in the '90s, and it was a lot mm-hmm. of anime lineup, they had an Ultraman dub. And that was my first experience actually sitting down and watching Ultraman. And it was basically uh, Godzilla for kids. Because uh, if you don't know, a lot of the Godzilla movies, not really for kids. They're not really kid-friendly, uh, <laughs> both in subject matter and just, like, how boring a lot of it is. Godzilla isn't attacking shit the entire time, if you've ever watched an old Godzilla movie. That's not really how it goes. It's usually a lot of scientists talking about shit, and then eventually you get, like, a five-minute fight with Godzilla. Um, and Ultraman is about a group of scientists, like, they're in their little, like, space capsule going, oh, oh no, what's wrong? Why, like, how do we fight this beast? But one of them secretly is Ultraman. Uh, so then the last three minutes of the episode, transforms into Ultraman, fights Godzilla. Uh, <laughs> that's every episode, just like Power Rangers. Right. Uh, I'm sorry if you're a big Ultraman fan, you're like, that's so reductive, that is not what it's like. Uh, that, that's kind of what it's like. Um... <laughs> So, moving on, let's talk about Pathfinder's sci-fi tabletop RPG sibling Starfinder, getting a second edition. This comes from Alex Vian over at Dicebreaker. There's a couple other articles I listed here, too, but that's the one I'm going to read from. 
Starfinder, the science fiction themed tabletop RPG um, that began as Pathfinder spinoff, is getting a second edition. It's exactly what it sounds like. If you like Pathfinder 2E, they're doing it again. Paizo has announced over at Gen Con that they're going to do a 2E for Starfinder, and it is going to be pa uh, Pathfinder 2E compatible. So just like the old Starfinder, if you were like playing through Pathfinder and you wanted your guys to go to space, you could get into a ship and now run it in Starfinder. You can still do that here, uh, carry over all of their stuff. Uh, they haven't said exactly how many expansions are coming out right away because, as we've talked about on this show, they never stopped making Starfinder stuff. Their, a new expansion came out only like a few months ago. Um, yeah. They're going to do a playtest uh, next summer, so it's not coming out... <laughs> Um, immediately, like, the, the impending release is not around the corner. So you have plenty of time to wrap up your 1E campaigns or uh, figure out what you're going to do there. Uh, any thoughts on this, you two? There's not really more than, hey, we announced it. This is something that I've been talking about wanting for a little while. Um, I know people have been excited about it, especially people who are big Pathfinder fans. Mm -hmm. If you, I know a lot of Pathfinder fans who are also Starfinder fans. So there's a lot of crossover there. So the accounts and like the mutuals that we have on uh, Twitter, not X, Twitter, uh, <laughs> that um, excuse me, I don't know. They're really I have a lot of emails from X. This is formerly Twitter. Is that what you're referring to? Um, no comment. <laughs> we, <laughs> not you, mean, <laughs> you mean Zeke? You have exchanged Zeke. No, I've I have, exchanged I have emails uh, that oh that let God, me know that I have a Zeke. Mm. <laughs> okay. I thought they were for my dermatologist and they weren't. They were formerly Twitter. Right, right, right. Um, but from what I understand, because I'm not like Pathfinder isn't my main system, but from the people I know who that is their main system, they are ride or die, they are super excited about this. So anything they're excited about, I'm excited about because it's just nice to have positive news in the GTRPG space for once. Yeah. So it's nice to bask in their excitement. <laughs> And it's coming to the Orc license, just like all the other stuff Paizo's doing. So yeah, um, that's exciting. We're probably going to see a lot of really cool use of this system, which makes me really excited. Mm -hmm. I ran a little bit of Starfinder on a Mass Effect game. It was really good for that. Oh, hell um, yeah. Uh, I know a lot of my friends who use Pathfinder and Starfinder were really disappointed because they loved the crossover between the two. They ran a lot of Starjammer-esque games. And, uh, you know, crossing Pathfinder over to Starfinder. But then when Pathfinder 2E came out, it became kind of difficult to do that. Right. Um, and Starfinder just never stopped putting out content because it was still selling. So you have really cool shit there that was not compatible with 2E. So there was a lot of disappointment. And now the jumps for joy are real. Uh, they're basically supermanning, you know, jumping buildings with a single bound. They're, they're, they're excited. Uh, I apologize for the terrible joke. Lissa, do you <laughs> care about Starfinder at all? It sounds interesting, like, if I, because I still want to play Pathfinder, mm -hmm. um, and this is just, like, a Star Wars-esque Pathfinder game, from yeah, what I can understand. Uh, I've never played a Star Wars-esque game whatsoever, and, like, that whole kind of, like, science fiction-y vibe intrigues me, and I want to play a game, so this would be, like, a very good, I guess, game to play mm -hmm. since i do want to delve into more of that vibe myself yeah especially like, because yeah, uh, it's in fifth edition mm. rules basically right like it's modernized now mm -hmm. i mean yeah that sounds easy to convert over from uh 
what I know. But even if it wasn't easy to convert over, like, I'm I'm intrigued by, as you know, I'm intrigued by, like, different kinds of rules and mechanics mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So I'd be willing to give it a shot and try it as long as it's not, like, take me, like, three, ter- three I don't know, sessions, eight hours to learn, like, the basics of how to play a game. At that point, I'd probably be like, uh, this takes too long. <laughs> well, that's the, that's the cool thing about Pathfinder 2E and now going to be Starfinder 2E is you already know the rules. They are very similar to 5th edition. Yeah. Um, you already, it's just like how I was explaining that you'd be able to play Shadow of the Weird Wizard because it's, you know, it's a D20 system. You, you roll, add your attribute, done. Um, the minutia comes into like, well, I have a dagger, so it's a, it's a D6 for my damage die and that kind of thing. But uh, you already know how to play it, and in my opinion, the magic system is a little bit more intuitive when it comes to Pathfinder and Starfinder, uh, so I think that you'd be able to uh, jump on pretty quickly there. I'm excited that they're bringing that, and they didn't leave Starfinder behind by any means, and uh, uh, it, it's it's cool because they handle their Spelljammer version uh, almost more of like a Star Trek-y way. Uh, instead of, oh, it's like you have flying, you know, uh, like, uh, like pirate ships in space. They have way more spaceshipy, uh, type, uh, adventures into the stars. So it's like Star Trek in a, um, D and D world. So I've always really dug Starfinder for that reason, but yeah, um, it's exciting. Let us know if you're interested. I have nothing else to say because they didn't say shit. So many people are talking right. and speculating right now. They're like they just said that hey, we're making it, like, and it's gonna come out um, for like uh, a play test in 2024. So if the play test is coming in 2024, they must have just decided they're doing this. <laughs> <laughs> like they're like, all right, yeah, we're pulling the trigger. Let's go because uh, when when does that mean? Like earliest you get the game 2025. Probably after a playtest, it's like, a, I mean, I, I haven't been around in the TTRPG space that long. So I would say like a year after playtest seems like a pretty good turnaround, maybe longer if you wanted to marinate more. And I, you know, I'm kind of like happy seeing that, that they weren't rushing this, like uh, yeah. giving it time to marinate. I'm kind of excited about that. So yeah. Uh, moving on, let's talk about something Lissa will give a shit about. The One Ring RPG delves <laughs> too deep in upcoming Moria, the Long Dark Campaign expansion. This comes from Chase Carter over at Dicebreaker. Another expansion to the second edition of the One Ring. Moria, the Long Dark will reportedly be the largest expansion yet for the One Ring RPG and gives players a source book focused on the final decades of Casa Doom, chronicling its fall into the doomed and haunted halls of Moria by the time the Fellowship comes knocking on its enchanted doors. Uh, this one has me the most excited so far out of all the expansions. Uh, I've been trying to get a game going for a little while. My wife loves Lord of the Rings and, uh, my kids are starting to like it. Uh, my friend and sister Chelsea, she fucking loves Lord of the Rings. It's like her favorite thing. Uh, Lissa, boring acquaintance from Europe, also really likes, um, uh, the One Ring and, and Lord of the Rings. So, <laughs> like, it, it's been a thing that a lot of my friends have been talking about. So, this specific expansion seems really cool because all of the One Ring expansions have kind of expanded the canon in quotations. But this one, I think, if you've watched those movies and, or read those books and you get there, like, oh my god, what happened here is such a big question. The fact that this would be exploring that. And not necessarily being another adventure for your characters as much as maybe, hey, we start a new campaign to run this, I think is really cool. It might get more people into the game. Uh, Lissa, does this do anything for you? Like, what do you care about Moria? 
Well, Terry, I'm so <laughs> glad you asked. Because <laughs> I am fucking excited about <laughs> Listen, I, like, you should have seen me when I watched uh, Rings of Power, and fun fact, they go into a, a, dwarf, a dwarven uh, mine for the first time, and just seeing the dwarven mine... <gasps> <laughs> I was like, just for that reason, I forgive the series for being a meh series. Uh, because you're giving me dwarves, you're giving me the dwarven minds. I live for the dwarven people. Uh, they're amazing. They're great. It's it's great. And Moria, um, it's it's a mystery. We don't know what happened. It is spooky. It died. Uh, and there's evil things living in it now. Uh, and I need to know what happened. So, yes, yes, please. Yes, please sign me up. <laughs> That's so awesome. Um, there's going to be a Kickstarter campaign that you can check out. It launches on August 29th, so keep an eye out for that. Um, also, if you don't know, I, I, we, we talked about it a little bit here. Melissa, while you're trying to find friends, uh, you could do the solo strider mode uh, for Ooh. the one and play it solo. So, uh, I don't know anybody who's done that yet. Uh, so, I can't, like, account, like, oh, yeah, it plays really, really well. But I've heard a lot of buzz about it online that people like it, and it works really, really well if you like playing these games solo. So you're welcome to check that out and report back if you'd like to. I could send you a copy of my solo Strider Mode rules. Oh my god, please do, because that would sound like something that I would actually legit like play through in a couple days. <laughs> you got it. I will do that, and we will compare notes, because I also have a couple of, uh, I would say, several minutes to try that out uh, when I look at my very busy oh, schedule. Okay. So I might oh, have nice, nice, nice. Good, good for uh, you. Uh, Charday, I would love to hear your thoughts on Maria, but we're going to move on before you get to start swearing into the microphone. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. About how much I love Lord <laughs> of the Rings. Mm -hmm, I love mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So the final uh, piece of bits and bobs is Cyborg, Pirate Borg, and Death in Space talk new expansions at their Gen Con panel. This comes from Chase Carter over at Dicebreaker as well. And it's basically what it sounds like. Uh, Cyborg is getting another expansion. Um, Pirate Borg, which isn't even out yet, uh, has announced another expansion. So that's pretty cool. Um, but Cyborg's expansion is called Waste uh, 20x4, a source book that picks up one year after the events of the core rulebook, New Year, Worse Shit. Uh, Solid on the panel explaining that nearly everything worsened in the year since players first set foot in a city ablaze with rebellion, corruption, and dirty cybernetic lighting. Um, so that's pretty cool. Uh, they're doing another uh, little expansion called Death in Space uh, called uh, Death Flag Contracts. So Death in Space is basically Merkborg in space. Uh, so that's pretty cool. There's not much to say about any of these. They just announced all of them. So just throwing it out mm -hmm. there. Pirate Borg, which had an awesome Kickstarter, uh, but still is not out yet. You cannot play. Also announced that it's getting uh, another source book called the Dark Caribbean source book. Whatever that means. I'm guessing you know more ways to die. Uh, on boats as uh, all of the Borg systems are wont to do. Uh, mm -hmm. If you don't know, you know, these all spin out of Morkborg or Merkborg, uh, which is basically uh, a really, really brutal but fun D&D-like uh, uh, with amazing artwork. I recommend Merkborg. It's one of my favorite games. All of the expansion spinoffs. I, I don't think I've ever been disappointed by anything Free League Publishing's put out, let alone anything from the Borg series. Uh, Lissa, I know you love the artwork. Have you had a chance to check out any of these yet? Not yet, no. 
Oh man, I'm... got get on this. Go make some friends. Go play some Merc Borg. I mean, I've 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 looked through them and like when I go to the my cheeky uh store, uh <laughs> nerd store, I like flip. It's worth a flip. It's worth a flip through. Actually, having like read through them, no, just, just <laughs> pretty pictures. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Um, I. I, I first got handed to him, I thought it was a comic book with how cool the artwork was in there, and that's how I fell in mm -hmm. love with it. And then having like gotten to sit down and play through it, a lot of my friends, we play really, really long campaigns if we play it all, or like really epic one-shots. And uh, mm -hmm. that's not what Merc Borg's really for. It's it's such a dungeon-crawly game. It's a, It really goes back to like the OSR style of it, or um, uh, the cyberpunk of it all. Like Your characters die often and easily. And it was such like a brutal thing. They were really surprised that I dug it because that's not usually the games I, I run or play in. And uh, I don't know, just something about it really speaks to me. So go check those out. Sharday, I know you love cyberpunk. I know you love pirates and Lord of the Rings. How are you feeling about pirates? All these what do you mean? Pirates? I genuinely like pirates. Why would you throw pirates under the bus? I was just like, I was looking at the games that the Merc Borg had coming out. So I was just trying to throw <laughs> out there. I was hoping that you're like, oh, yeah, I also hate pirates. You hate most things. I thought it was a safe bet to throw this out. I do not most things i just have very specific tastes and it's fantasy in the, the, the end yeah, of usually. list <laughs> yeah 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 usually but I, I i partake in i love mass effect so like there's the occasional and i love uh i started watching through the original star trek series like at the beginning of the pandemic but i never finished like Did i have like some that? stuff never that talked i talked about that i love the original uh, star trek series yeah, yeah. I started watching through it, but I was watching through it with a friend in England, and then I got deported, so <laughs> I stopped watching it because I it made me sad. Every time I started watching, I'm like, oh, I should be watching this with my friend, and I can't because immigration sucks. <laughs> it does. Well, if you ever want to talk about Star Trek, please hit me up. I love the original Star I will. Trek. I never I also, watched TNG or anything like that, but I love the original. Yeah, I think I started... I don't remember which series I started with. I want to say... Maybe it wasn't the original original. I don't know. But I also wanted to rewatch it because my dad is a huge Trekkie. And he's always been a huge Trekkie. So I also wanted to watch it to, like, I don't know, like, bond or whatever. But yeah. then, like, every time I watched it, like, I just felt sad. And I'm like, well, I can't. This is ruined now. Like, was, I can't watch it right now. Yeah. Was Captain Kirk the captain when you were watching? I don't think so. So it might the, not, not be the original. original. It Maybe might have been Next the, Generation. The next Generation, which is also really, really popular with, with like Picard. Our, yeah, that's that's yeah. the Next Generation. Yep. Yes. Okay. Because that was on Netflix in the UK when I was watching it. So then we so can't talk it would about be it because I haven't watched the Next Generation. <laughs> I'm sorry. I okay. I watched like the first like season and a half, I think, of Next Generation. So I haven't watched all of it. You but can I, talk to see, a couple people at our table. Dave really likes the Next Generation. Yeah, I I dip into like sci-fi and stuff, but yeah, I'm a fantasy bitch. Like ride or die obviously well, but except lord of the rings we'll then get you into some merc borg then and we can kill a bunch of uh players uh at our table. <laughs> and then we'll play uh, dungeons and dragons game after botching the one last job that was supposed to get them up and out of the irradiated slums of futuristic lower tokyo two small-time crooks tib and ren along with their mentor lee are caught between superpowered gangs a violent police state a class revolution and a leather-clad pyrokinetic madman trying to burn it all down thieves family flame 
Tokyo Will Burn. Written by T.S. Luther, the writer behind Growing Up, drawn by Sky Hawkins, the artist and writer of Exhaust, and lettered by Mike Stock of 32 Kills, Tokyo Fire is a seven-issue limited series that follows two thieves as they navigate the final days of their city and unravel the conspiracy that led to its downfall. With your help, we can jumpstart issue number one and start telling the story of Lower Tokyo's descent into ash. Tokyo Fire comes to the crowdfunding platform Zoop.gg in August. Head on over to Zoop.gg to get notified when the campaign goes live, or go to campykilledcreations.com slash comics for a five-page preview. Anyways, moving on to our village crier section. This is where we yell at the center of the village about all the shit that you need to know that doesn't fit into the other sections. Uh, the only topic we have this time around is the new Dungeons & Dragons sourcebook features AI-generated art. Because of course it does. Uh, like they just they can't get a win we can't get a win go play starfinder i guess uh this comes from linda cadega over at gizmodo um and it's exactly what it sounds like so uh let's talk about uh shipkins or or however you pronounce that name uh yes thank you is that how you pronounce it i I appreciate i've always i've heard i've heard that name like it's a it's a slavic name or a russian name so i feel like i've I've heard it pronounced Ilya before so if i get that wrong that's just the pronunciation i've heard yeah but you said it and i didn't have to um (laughs) so i'm gonna read right from the article here one of the artists working on dungeons and dragons newest book bigby presents glory of the giants has stated that they used ai to help generate certain details or polish and editing in recent posts on x uh the site formerly known as twitter Ilya shipkin drew the art in question and has deleted his post but records remain as screenshots um specifically people notice that the like the bottom of the artwork look weird like kind of mercurial mm-hmm. is just kind of like dissipates which is often in ai generated art like it can't hit mm-hmm. those really small details um fingers toes that kind of thing and it just kind of wisps away if you've seen um the new uh secret invasion show the new marvel show on uh disney plus uh, you'll know that it's not great <laughs> at doing those finishing details yeah. as they use it in their opening. That's the kind of look that some of this artwork had, specifically this giant holding an axe. And people were like, hey, this looks like some AI shit. And then Shipkin was like, yeah, yeah, kind of was. Like, I used it for some things, which what does that mean? Um, I, As mm. a comic book writer and artist, I work with a lot of other people. And specifically, we rally against AI art quite often for many different reasons. Um, and one of the bigger reasons, just as a fan of those mediums, is that it just doesn't look as good. And it steals a lot of other people's work to kind of cobble together a piece of artwork and that's what happens so when uh they were saying that they used it to finish the piece that part just did not hit any sort of accord with anybody because you would finish the piece with your own work like you would use it to shortcut the beginning of it if you were going to use it to supplement your your stuff at all um or you used it because you're not that good at it which is kind of surprising because shipkin has been doing artwork for a long long time for dungeons and dragons and lots of other things and their work in my opinion was pretty good before this so i don't understand why the ai part was thrown in here um it's kind of surprising uh i'll keep reading from the article but i'd love to hear your thoughts on this Sharde, what are you thinking so far <laughs> that's what i'm thinking because like you know i've been on x twitter 
uh, for a while, and I follow a lot of artists on there, and so like the the general consensus with artists, it's even artists that have worked with Wizards of the Coast, I follow, and they have been just huge advocates against AI, mostly from an ethical standpoint, and I just don't understand somebody who um has like you said has been doing art for so long has been working with wizards for so long whose art was decent like was good before this like why they felt the need like did they just want to experiment a little bit Mm -hmm. which is Mm -hmm. i get it's it's it's, ai is supposed to be a tool like most of the great grievances i have with ai are the people who are controlling the programming Mm -hmm. and not ethically sourcing stuff ai can be used as a tool so like from that standpoint okay maybe this guy like benefited the doubt maybe this guy was just like playing around with it just to see how it could enhance his art but then he submitted that art which is just without really thinking of like the consequences of that which it's just such a murky odd situation and it makes me angry but i also know the timeline on this situation is much longer than we thought so it's much more even nuanced but still like just seeing the word ai and art and dungeons and dragons just gets a visceral reaction from me all around before even like diving into the nuances of it all exactly um, I have more thoughts, but I'm going to read Shipkin's actual quote from Twitter. Or, I'm sorry, X. Uh, formerly Twitter. Uh, so, Shipkin said, There is recent controversy on whether these illustrations I made were AI-generated. AI was used in the process to generate certain details or polish the editing. To shine some light on the process, I am attaching earlier versions of the illustrations before AI had been applied to enhance details. As you can see, a lot of painted elements were enhanced with AI rather than generated from the ground up. And that seems to be true. If, if you can take it at face value, when you look at the two versions, it was almost abstract before a lot of details were added um, with it. And honestly, the original version looks pretty dope. Like, I think you go in with a pencil, um, digital pencil, of course, and you finish out the hand, specifically, and the feet that were already a little mercurial, and um, and maybe some of the icing. But the, the design already looks awesome. Like, I would have bought that in a book and not been disappointed by it um going through there i i guess would like fine-tune it quickly right like if you use ai to add details to it um but it seems really unnecessary uh and an argument could be made this they did this i think it was like a two-year timeline maybe it was like a one or two year yeah Yeah. maybe it was before some of the big backlash around ai generated art was happening a lot of talks and you know we can talk about people knowing everything that's not the way the internet works some people are ignorant to some bigger outrages if you're not chronically online you might not know everything um Mm -hmm. so i can understand that aspect it is just frustrating that um it's all happening now and kind of went through it Lisa, what do you think of the whole timeline here um, well, so, like, I can see it from both sides. Mm-hmm. I am disappointed that it happened, but also I understand that if this guy's been working with wizards for a long time, that, you know, he's, in in this particular case, like, obviously, he's made that shift to becoming an AR artist, but that he's been still working for Wizards and there may or may not be, you know, other works that he's done for Wizards, you know, like, in the time... Because he obviously, from what I understand anyway, he started working for Wizards pre his AI uh, Mm -hmm. interests. 
So, you know, he's been working for wizards, you know, doing regular art, and then slowly transitioned into, like, quite openly, like, on his Twitter uh, or X <laughs> profile, says that he is pro NFTs and, you know, obviously ha does AI art. Mm -hmm. um, like, it's, it's all over his X profile page. 100%. So he's not, like, hiding it or anything. So it's it's disappointing that like it slipped through past wizards, but I also see it because wizards and Hasbro they're not gonna check in on every uh, every artist. Um, they're not gonna check to, in at all. We've seen yeah the to past, make sure like, that they. What I yeah. what I would have wanted from wizards was that since this AI art became such an important like or this anti AI art became such a big thing in the space of in the ttrpg space what would have been the thing to do by them you know it's too late now but send out you know this mass email to all of the artists working for them being like look we understand if you use ai art in your other pieces but in this case when you do work for us please do not use ai art because you know we we do not want that in our projects like that would have been the thing to do which they didn't do like obviously they just continued as normal and these people submitted maybe there's even more than one person maybe this is just the only one that's gotten caught so far like yeah. people have submitted art that may or may not be, have been quote unquote enhanced by ai mm -hmm. and like it sucks but i get it so yeah. it, it's not really the artist's mm. fault. It's not... I, I see it like it, it is Hasbro's or slash Wizard's fault in, in a way that they didn't make it clear. But also this is, again, this is just like... Wizards keeps making so many of these like... Blunders. Grind, grind, yeah, they keep grinding people's gears in such a way that it's just like one more strike against them even though it's not their fault but really they should have prevented it they they had a chance to prevent it and they didn't yeah and this is something that we've that. been talking about a lot which is like hey let's start putting some things in place to protect people who aren't doing this and a lot of what Charday said like it's the sourcing for ai art for me like that that's a yeah. big yeah. part of it like uh the thing I, i'm in a small community of people that you know we use technology for lots of stuff, not for AI-generated art, but it's like, I like technology, I like talking about it, but I also work in the arts, and it's my main source mm -hmm. of income, and it's scary seeing this stuff, and that's stealing people's artwork, and one of the things that uh, a buddy of mine brought up, he does comic book art, and he brought up, he'd love to be able to create a model that he could just feed his own artwork into, um, mm -hmm. and have that be the only thing that the AI spit out, so it's not stealing other people's artwork, but he could experiment with it. Um, and that's a thing that I've seen a couple people talk about, and that's that's an interesting take for me. I still don't know if I'd like it necessarily, but it'd be interesting to see, and I'd feel way more ethical about that um, because we don't know what what which did he use mid journey? Like whose whose artwork did he steal to create part part of that? That's the unfortunate. Yeah, part. yeah. Um, and and it's just unnecessary. But yeah, I, I get that. It's like where's the blame here? Well, like it really depends on it's like what what is to be blamed other than you know which system they used right now is whose stuff did they they take the artwork from um but uh to your point wizard slash asbro didn't know about this one 
Uh, and as far as what they've said about it, they said a source at Wizards of the Coast has said that Shipkin's use of AI was not something that the team was aware of. Further, they state right. that no text in the book was AI generated. Wizard has said that they will update their guidelines to more explicitly prevent these sorts of incidents from happening in the future. On August 5th, D&D Beyond posted a statement on X emphasizing that they had no knowledge that Shipkin used AI generators in his art process. So mm -hmm. they're going to put out some statements about this. They're going to try to take a stronger hand against this, probably because they, they probably saw some sales go down as soon as this news came out. Canceled pre-orders, etc. Um, mm -hmm. And that's the thing that we've always talked about. They're not going to care unless it affects their bag. And it's going to on this one because... They, they're like you said listen they're losing people with every decision that they make every blunder that happens whether it's purposeful or not um people are leaving in droves and it's still never going to affect it in a way where dnd doesn't exist dnd is going to make money people are going to go play dnd um but they're losing a lot of hardcore people um which is going to affect the bottom line because before it was earning shit tons of money uh Shardé, yeah. what do you think about this I think that the whole situation, I think, like, listen, you have both been saying is like AI and the conversations around AI, like they elicit a lot of strong reactions out of people, but there is still nuance mm -hmm. and there is still like decisions to be made. I remember one of my biggest visceral reactions to this was after I saw a D&D statement on D&D Beyond, obviously not their main account. That would just be stupid, apparently, because that's also where they addressed all of the OGL stuff was D&D Beyond, which is their app, their website, <laughs> not their actual like site, but or their actual like business account. But I digress. Well, I remember what X is for X is a meeting place of minds, and it's for oh, banking it and for yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. And D&D Beyond just fits into all of that. <laughs> And uh, I, when I saw their original statement, uh, it said that when they work with him in the future, they're going to like basically write it into future contracts mm -hmm. that he can't use AI. Right. And I remember getting a visceral reaction about that. I'm just like, wait, he, you're still going to work with him? Like, I'm very confused. I don't understand. Like, I got very angry. I'm like, why would you still work with somebody like this? This is around the time where people started deep diving into this guy's profile and how he was an nft bro and how he <laughs> took that all out of his bio by the way i just checked um he does still say that he works with ai and art or painting yeah, but he doesn't he say he's say an nft bro anymore are gonna be reworked to remove yes AI he stuff, did so. yeah so they said they're working together they're going to fix it in the next print of the book they've already printed a shit ton of the books though so there are going to be some versions i've seen them on tiktok there are versions and they don't do the ai art still in of these books because people don't no. buy them hardcover so no so so the fact they are doing it is is a good thing. Like it's they definitely are working, a change. They wouldn't have did this a last change. year. No, and I think it's because the conversations around AI are so just prominent in the creative space, you, right. in any any aspect of it. And so I know that when I saw that D&D might work with him in the future, I got really confused and upset. But I was recently informed that, like, well, they're probably saying stuff like that because, like, if they – say that they're never working with this person again because of past actions that they did that they were not aware of that because AI wasn't in the conversation and because they weren't, you know, monitoring his profile, what kind of precedent does that set? Yeah, it'd be an, un it's an unfair precedent. And set, just fire basically. a bunch of our 
Yeah. And I'm just like, yeah, that's, I can see that better now. It took like somebody pointing it out, be like, no, listen, like, this is probably why they said this. I'm like, you know what? I'm not a business minded person. My mind doesn't go to the business first. It goes to the people and the people's art who got stolen, which I still think is a fair stance to have, but, and I'm never usually on the side of business, but I can at least see why they made that decision to like, not outwardly say we're never working with this person again. However, I wish in their statement, they would have been a bit more vague and not like set it in so black and white, yeah. like saying, yeah, we'll probably still work with this guy. Like, no, still have discussions about it behind the scenes or like say you're feeling it out for like the future because <laughs> you're going to obviously upset people. If you say, oh, no, yeah, we're still definitely working with this guy who clearly now is using AI in his art and might continue to do it forward. But they also said that they're working on like updated contracts, which I thought was a long time coming because I'm not like I still don't hold Paizo up very high as a company because I know some stuff they do is showboaty, but I also know some stuff they do is really great and their lore is great and they do a lot of really great stuff, but they're still a company. But even Paizo was when this whole AI controversy was really like really hot and burning bright. They said, hey, we're updating all of our websites. We're updating our contracts to say that we are not allowing AI full stop and we're taking a stance. And I always thought it was kind of curious that Wizards didn't do the same thing. But now it took them actually having it happen to, yeah. like, make that move. Well, a big part is of it is, like, they, they want AI. AI is cheaper. It's cheap labor. Of course they're not going to, uh, like, uh, offer it up because they're a big publicly traded company, as we've talked about a million times on here. I don't need to believe yeah. the point. But, like, why why hamstring yourself to make less money? Like, if people aren't mad – if they find out people aren't mad about it, well, let's, let's make the money, you know? Yeah. So, and the other part – and this is a part that a friend of mine who is a working artist brought up um, – they can understand the the want to do these shortcuts. Not necessarily how Shipkin was like so gung ho on it, but they don't pay artists very well at these no. uh, at these companies. That's been a big thing against Paizo and Hasbro and Wizards in the past, which is hey, the people that do this really awesome artwork that you stare at in there didn't make shit off of it. And you know, we've yeah. talked about historically them treating their artists poorly. I can understand someone being driven to use a shortcut like that. Um, and that's something that I just kind of wanted to bring up. They don't necessarily agree with it. Neither do I. It was just something like to be brought up as like, Hey, they're not making a lot of money. I would use shortcuts too. Not like that, but <laughs> it was like, mm -hmm. I can understand like, understand you know, the yeah. yes, exactly. So I can understand that. And I understand why I don't agree with it, but I understand why wizards didn't take an immediate stance because they wanted to make that money. But either mm -hmm. way, it's disappointing. I wasn't going to buy that book anyway. So it's not like I can go, well, I'm not buying it now. I wasn't going to, but I do no, know a lot I'm, of people that were I'm... pretty excited about this because of of the stuff that they were doing with giants and making them mm. a little bit more like mythical in in the forgotten realms um and i like that mm. idea in general um i like the artwork before um like when i look at that before version I'm like that looks pretty dope i would have really enjoyed that it definitely fits the style of the D, D books and i know people really like that stuff so um but you know that's our thoughts i'd love to hear from anybody in the community and hear what you think i'd like to hear too a little bit from the nft bros but normally i want you to go fall in a hole but i would like <laughs> to hear a little bit about um some of the ideas we've thrown out here with the different ai sourcing and how you feel about this do you just want pure ai art do you love the opening of secret invasion is that what you prefer in uh all of your artwork i just i, I want to hear the defense of some of it <laughs> just i'm just curious um, but let's move on to our next section. Um, let's talk about the eye of the beholder. This is where we get into our opinions, usually on a more subjective manner. 
Um, this top, we're going to talk about the Dicebreaker article. Tabletop creators struggled to plot their futures amidst Twitter's still burning ashes. Uh, this comes from Chase Carter over at Dicebreaker. Uh, the death of the bird app at the hands of Elon Musk leaves designers big and small in the lurch. A lot of people know that they use uh, Twitter for, or X, formerly Twitter, to advertise things like TTRPGs and the new books coming out. All the bits and bobs, as we say. Um, so let's talk about some of these quotes in here. We didn't love Twitter. We were addicted to it. We felt like we had to be there, said Tony Vicenda, tabletop RPG designer and head publishing outfit, plus one EXP in an interview with Dicebreaker. It was full of discourse. It was filled with hot takes, and it was filled with our friends and enemies. And this is something we've talked about a lot. We talked about it earlier in this episode is a lot of the TTRPG community was there. We've since mm -hmm. had a mass exodus. There's still people there. There's still people using X, but now they're also on threads and blue sky and TikTok and all these other places because it doesn't work as that one platform. And this works in lots of other contexts. Uh, a lot of people got their news from Twitter. Uh, and now that we're all spread so thin and everywhere else, no one place is the place to go. Um, I just want to talk about this from our standpoint as TTRPG community members. Um, as you know, Sharda, you love Twitter in like the use of it, not necessarily like the company, but like that yeah. was your choice for social yeah. media. What does this mm -hmm. mean for, for all these different communities? Where are they going? What, what's, what's happening? Well, I follow a lot of people, um, in the TTRPG space, but obviously like we already touched upon earlier in the episode, it is just so, such a wide community. There's so many niches in it. So even I'm not plugged into everybody, mm -hmm. but in my corners of the TTRPG space, there's been a mass exodus as soon, like it, it's kind of been petering for a while, ever since Elon Musk bought the company. And I think a lot of people have had their final straws. They said, okay, Elon Musk has the company now. I'm leaving. Oh, they just laid off all these Twitter people and our data isn't safe anymore. We're leaving. Or I am now, my you know, profile is now flooded with all these verified accounts and all their comments are being pushed up to the front because that's how the algorithm works now. I'm leaving. A lot of people have had those boundaries crossed for a really long time. And while people are still on there, I'm still on there. We're hanging on by a thread and we're really only there to like keep what little community is there still alive. Mm -hmm. It's like a necessity, but it's also like, you know, we're reaching out to people. We're like, hey, can you give me another social handle? Can you give me your discord? Like, I don't want to lose touch because it is a community. <laughs> we've met so many people through Twitter. Like we've had most of our opportunities either through Twitter or Instagram. Mm -hmm. So the fact that it's leaving and it, I just it just sucks because we have no we have no control over it and that's the, the consensus it's just like we don't want to leave we like the community that we've built here but because there are literal forces that are too powerful and they shouldn't be this powerful but they are and they're forcing us out businesses are suffering creators are suffering they're taking huge hits to their like follower counts because some people who aren't even necessarily active on ttrpg twitter maybe they just follow a bunch of people and they don't interact and they just they're lurkers i appreciate the lurkers i see you i'm a lurker like <laughs> 70 percent time so the lurkers are now also leaving so you see your follower counts go down because people are leaving twitter and it's not your fault but it still sucks to see that number go down so 
just watching it burn and watching people lose access to, especially even artists in the TTRPG space, a big thing they've been talking about is they got most of their commissions on Twitter. They live off of those commissions. Like, yeah, they have a Patreon maybe to like keep up or Ko-Fi or coffee. Yeah, exactly. It's not the same. And people are just mourning the community and they they're in mourning right now mostly and it's it's depressing (laughs) like it's not a fun place like yeah there are still like moments on there and there are still times where be like okay well maybe we can save this ship maybe we can save this ship you know the people who are still on it and i like to think there's a little bit of hope but like it's it's really not looking good man (laughs) like it's not looking good for us it's not looking good for a lot of people and that's just unfortunate because my the part that kept me on Twitter was meeting new people mm-hmm. on Twitter. And I'm an introvert. So the fact that I liked meeting people on Twitter is a big deal. <laughs> like I loved meeting people and connecting with people about tabletop games, connecting with people about D and D about feminism, about all of these topics that just mean so much to me and like to the slovenly trolls to cave trolls. Like it just it just fucking sucks. And I read through all of Chase's article. And you and should it, too. Go it, check that out. Everyone should. I actually saw it first on Blue Sky because I we finally got an invite code to Blue Sky. And we've been over there a little bit more regularly. Hook me up. I wanted to go to Blue Sky and that was part of like, I, uh, like I got a bunch you, of threads. You, if you, yeah, if you okay. got a code, I'd love next to go invite, there. That's the one I want. I don't have, you only get generated codes every two weeks. So next yes, code yes. will go to you, Sam. Thank you. That's the one I want to be successful just because I really yeah. love the idea that they're like, hey, this is going to be more of like a format. So if other places yeah. use our format, then you could bring them to Blue Sky or vice versa. Yeah. So. And it's really like because it's invite code only, because it's beta, it's pretty chill. And you also, what I really like about Blue Sky, you get access to, because not a lot of people are on there right now, you get access to creators that you wouldn't normally have access to, mm-hmm. which is really fucking cool. Like we just got followed by Cypher on Blue Sky. And I'm like, Hell shut yeah. the fuck up. This is the best thing that's ever happened. I texted Lissa on all caps. Like, I was so hyped. But anyway, yeah, read Chase Carter's article, everything in there. He interviewed, he did such a great job. He interviewed so many creators in the space that were on Twitter and everything they're saying, it just, it's so heartbreaking and it just maybe gives a bit more humanity to the whole situation of like, yeah, Twitter is burning. It's X now we can kind of like poke fun at it, but really at the core of it, we're poking fun of it because we're all sad about it. Like, I'm not going to lie about that. Like I'm sad Twitter is dying because it was my favorite social media platform after I quit Facebook and all these other platforms. I, despite its fault, it was great for so many things. So it just, the whole TTRPG community is just absolutely suffering because of this, because of one stupid billionaire who is having a temper tantrum and it's so annoying <laughs> and cool i hate it so much he probably will go broke from this and not broke in quotations like so. he'll never be poor but we'll see this fail eventually which is kind of exciting yeah. um tesla stock it. will probably go down because of this like it, it's yeah. a slow slow burning system but he'll probably lose in quotations because of this which will be neat 
Um, but in the meantime, <laughs> we all we all have to watch it burn, which definitely. Yeah. Sucks. Why is he dragging us down with him? Exactly. Like, why do we have to go? You know, like it's... go burn and die in your own time. You know. One of the only Ugh. positives I see that come out of this is there's been a lot of innovation. A lot of other companies like Blue Sky coming up, which is neat. Um, one of my friends, artist Sky Hawkins, uh, she's doing the artwork for Tokyo Fire with me. Um, like my co-creator on my comic book coming out. I uh, got, got to plug it at least once an episode. Obviously. Um, but uh, she's on Newgrounds, and they do almost all oh their my artwork God, over Newgrounds? there. And Newgrounds has kind of had a little bit of a resurgence since Twitter. I was going to say, I didn't even know that site was still up. Yeah, saying <laughs> you. And, and they sent me, they were like, hey, uh, don't plug my Twitter, plug my Newgrounds. And I, I went over there, and that place is hopping kind of now. And people are doing stuff with yeah. artwork there. And they're getting a lot of, um uh, like, commissions for animation and artwork over there. So if you're really into that space, DeviantArt has kind of had a little, another resurgence a little bit for commissions and stuff like mm -hmm. that. Um, a lot of independent-like websites propping up. People are getting those Squarespace uh, trials and trying that out and just going, yeah. hey, just come follow <laughs> me at my site um patreon obviously uh so there's just lots mm -hmm. of cool things popping up because of it it's not an answer it's not a solution it just is no. a symptom uh so still like there, there might be something that comes out of this which is interesting uh lots of those little sites let me know which ones you're on uh i've tried mastodon i tried pocket rides which is a weird one that was like it's Never only like you, it's, it's not free um you pay five dollars oh. a month and Ew. that gives you a certain number of likes or dislikes. And it's a nonprofit. Like, they put it all towards uh, climate change activism, which is kind of oh, interesting. Okay, that's a bit better. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but it's like, it's it's all brown. And, like, it doesn't look cool. Ugh. And there weren't that many people on it. And five bucks is a lot of money. Um, mm -hmm. So, there, like, there's some negatives to it, but I thought that one was really interesting. I've been trying to get on Blue Sky. Hopefully now you're there. I can I can jump on that. Uh, you have more <laughs> fans than me. I, I saw the message. And I was like, hey, we have Blue Sky codes. I'm like, that's for you, not for me. It's okay. Aw, buddy. I understand. <laughs> um, <laughs> so. I got to. I, in one more week, I gave our first code to a friend of the show, Rick, because he was asking. For no, that. Rick deserves so, yeah. it. I love Rick. <laughs> 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 give rick all the codes shout out the hammer of the <laughs> gods <laughs> um gotta do the obligatory shout out because dm rick's amazing too. i just did an episode of uh there is it through the stars what's the name of uh of the show i did i'm so sorry rick i don't remember <laughs> i think it's called through hold the on stars. let me let me find it listen you did an episode go too, listen, didn't you? go listen go Lissa did an all-elf one-shot with them, which I will never let her forget. So we did it with the Vactair. Rick hosts a show that's all about exploring space as a ranger. Um, I did an episode uh, as uh, Kindle Shade. Uh, <laughs> and I basically became the crew's rickety cricket from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I just, uh, lots of unfortunate things happened to me. Together Among the Stars. Together Among the Stars, thank you. So go check that mm -hmm. out over on the Vectares Twitch. Uh, the, the video on demand's over there. Lots of cool shit. But also go listen to Hammer of the Gods. It's an amazing show. Uh, Greek mythology. Rick hosts a lot of ne'er-do-wells doing lots of sketchy things um, with the gods. Uh, and if you, mm -hmm. if you are going to switch over to TikTok instead of Twitter, uh, Rick does some really cool deep dives into lots of Greek mythology. So go check that out. 
also he's just a good bean. He's just a um, good person. He's just a just nice a guy. Bean. Yeah. I, I basically yeah. talk to him every day, so. You yes, know. same. A good, a good person all around. Uh, but listen, they really did shade dirty when uh, when we were playing that game. A lot of bad things <laughs> happened. Um, and I didn't have a lot of control over it. So, um, moving Rip. on, uh, let's talk about the eye of the beholder. Oh no, we already did that section. Don't listen. We did that. Ignore Good me. Good job. Take that. Now, <laughs> let's talk about bardic inspiration. This is where we talk about all the stuff that the TTRPGs have inspired away from the table. Uh, first up, Dropout is back in production, baby. They're making Woo! new stuff. Woo! They're not scabs. They went through with the WGA and the SAG uh, groups and were like, hey, can we make stuff? They're like, yeah, of course you can make stuff. You're not with the AMT BTV. Like, you can do shit. Like, do it. <laughs> um, and so they're like, okay, we're going to. Um, they I already bet. paid <laughs> higher than minimums anyways, and I'm sure they're, they're doing some stuff along the lines of A24, which is agreeing to some of the newer stipulations, but they were always good about that anyways and they're going to keep supporting they've already made a donation of like twenty thousand dollars between um dropout itself and uh and their ceo so sam reich so like i i think they were already in the clear in general but they are now no longer on hiatus and they are making stuff um and they're also really understanding so sam has a whole thread on there i'm just gonna read it uh in its in its entirety uh as I mentioned, Dropout is not associated with the AMPTP who negotiates on behalf of the majority of studios and streamers, but truthfully, there's no such thing as a struck company. There are instead struck contracts and not struck contracts. We assume Dropout's contract, the new media agreement for non-dramatic programming, was struck because it wasn't specifically on a list of non-struck contracts. After speaking at length with our lawyers and with SAG, turns out that it is not the case, so Dropout can return to business as usual. And because our shows were never struck, talent can go back to promoting their Dropout appearances. SAG's decisions are in part strategic. Small streamers like us continuing to work while the major streamers cannot give uh, gives us... Uh, Small streamers like us continuing to work while the major streamers cannot gives us a competitive advantage and puts more pressure on them to make a deal. But make no mistake about it, we continue to support our striking performers and their cause. Between Dropout and me personally, we have donated 20000 to the Entertainment Community Fund. If anyone doesn't feel comfortable working with us or promoting their work during the strike for whatever reason, we respect that decision. While we already pay above minimums, we will continue to go above and beyond to reward and protect our performers and crew members in plan... Uh, to put even more of our money where our mouth is before the end of the year. Dropout fans, thank you for your support and solidarity during this uncertain time. Keep supporting the Entertainment Community Fund, as well as the pet projects for your favorite creators. And with that, it's back to work. So, yeah, that's awesome to hear. I, I love yeah. Dropout. They always do cool shit. And I like that they're supporting this, but able to keep creating new content. Uh, Brennan Lee Mulligan was on... I think it was X. It might have been just in TikTok, and they were talking about all the new games that, that he was planning, and it just has me really, really excited. I'm super mm -hmm. excited for their next one. I don't know if uh, you've been paying attention, but it's kind of like Osmosis Jones with like a murder mystery um, I've inside seen, someone's head. I've seen clips because Hank Green is going to be on Green there. Is I, it isn't it out already? I love Hank Green. Isn't it out already? I think it just came out. Like, it, like literally. It, 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 I, like I'm pretty sure it's already episode. out because I've been following them as well. It just came out because as soon as the embargo lifted, essentially, on the dropout stuff and they got the okay to, like, promote stuff, Hank Green was like, this comes out in a day. And I'm like, oh, my God, Hank Green. Hell, yeah. <laughs> I haven't watched real, it yet, as you can tell, since I didn't know it was out. <laughs> yeah. But that's still super duper exciting. I'm only like halfway through Dungeons and Drags, so like I gotta get through hey, that I, and then catch up on it. I only stuff. watched the first episode because the people it's I watched so I was good. 
I wanted to finish it, but the people I was watching it with, they wanted to catch up on Outlander instead. And I'm just like, I guess Ugh. I can do that. Which, yeah. I, guess I know. In, in old, is it Scotland? Ireland? Uh, no, well, they're in America now. They're ah, in colonial America. Why are you in America? <laughs> they uh, have to show the Revolutionary War from, like, the Scottish perspective, you know? I don't know. <laughs> what, what are any of the words you just said? I don't, I don't even know. Oh, my God. It's great. Well, it's awful, but it's great. <laughs> moving on, the final piece of news on this episode. Baldur's Gate is out, and you can play it if you have a PC that can run it. Do you? Are you um, trying to hurt me? Uh, yeah, uh, I've been playing it. It's a good time. I have two other friends who built new PCs just to run it. They're playing. I know. I it. was talking to one of them while they were up at two a.m. <laughs> after they finished. They're like, "I'm riding on adrenaline," and I'm just like, "Are you okay? It's two a.m. Like, so are you my all right?" John, shout out to John. He doesn't listen to any of our shows because he doesn't like news. Even though I made a show specifically for him with all these new. He inspired RPGs. this show. Uh, but he, but ass. whatever exactly um but so he's not listening so i can talk some shit but i love this man and he like he's so frugal with his money and the only thing he wanted to do is play Baldur's Gate 3 and he yeah. finally gave himself permission to spend some money build a new pc but he's such an anxiety ridden dude i was like How is, you, yeah. building a pc is so stressful he's like oh i know i shouldn't do this but then still did yeah. it and it took yeah. him all day. There were so many mishaps, but I glad yeah. that he was able to boot that PC up and to try to uh, get Baldur's Gate. He's going to run it for the first time tomorrow. So I am. He's going. I know because we're going to see each other tomorrow because we're playing your game. He is going to look me that. dead in the eye and tell me how good that game is because he was. He sent me screenshots of like, do I get this? Like, do I get this? <laughs> And I'm just like, um, obviously, yes, you do get it so I can live vicariously through you. And then like three days, he's like, my like self-restraint is waning. I'm like, good. It absolutely should be. He's like, yeah, but then I need to buy, build a PC. I'm like, build one. What the fuck are you? <laughs> like, what do you mean? Well, his, so yeah, I was terrible influence one, but... yeah. <laughs> and just told him, yes, like I was the devil on the shoulder. Like, I can't play this yet. Because apparently I looked more into it. It's, it's the Series S's fault because it has less specs than the Series X. Mm -hmm. And so they're trying to make ones that you can play on both, obviously. And be but. Yeah, because Xbox and Microsoft has this thing because they release, for those who don't know, they release two consoles. They release the S, which is cheaper and has isn't as like technologically powerful. Has and no, then they release uh, the drive, X. Right? Um, I don't actually even remember. I just know that the specs are very different. But um, can't you look? No, 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 no. I have an X. Oh, you have an X. Yeah, exactly. Oh, so I was I just didn't know yeah. Was doing so well. Wow. I know. I'm still I can't paying really talk it off. I'm looking at but... my PS5 right now. So. <laughs> right, and the the Series X is on par with the PS5. Some say it's a little bit better. Some say it's a little worse. It's very subjective. They do. Pretty much the exact same thing. Have, exactly. Like, I don't fucking know, but I hear it's basically <laughs> on par and I really like it. And uh, so they release these both at the same time for, you know, people who have a budget and really don't care that much about the specs and they have like the powerful super gaming one. And because they released both of these at the same time and they made this promise to their customers saying, hey, you can have the same games on both. They're released at the same time. You will not be downgrading because you get an S. Yeah, so but it didn't release on both uh, X because X. of the S. Be yeah. and like they they haven't like outwardly said it, but I've watched some interviews and they've alluded to 
the the fact that the S is giving them problems because it's a lower <laughs> spec machine. And I'm just like that fucking like I splurged for an X and, and this is what I get. And you didn't listen nah. to me. And guess what no, you can play I didn't. on PlayStation? Well, uh, I know uh, what you put in September. Yeah, you can play <laughs> but Baldur's it's not Gate three. And, I can. Uh, and yeah. uh, as a PC owner as well, you can play it on PC, and I have been. It's awesome. Um, I created yeah. my rogue. I'm gonna start over, not because any like things that went wrong. I I missed some things in character creation that I didn't notice. Oh, so I have a few like weird like background things I didn't really give a shit about, and I didn't quite understand the controls because I just wanted to play. It was, you know, it was right. like 2 a.m. Got excited. I, yeah, exactly. So I'm gonna start over, but I'm really really digging it so far. I love everything that happened. It's already so open from the beginning of it and i will make mm -hmm. you a deal start if you want to come over early you're welcome to play it on my pc while i clean for gerbs <gasps> oh, um so come Mary. on over <laughs> you and you can play that oh my um, god oh my, my god. wife's gotta take the kids to an eye appointment afterwards and she was like hey i want you to clean the apartment for D and i'll take the kids to their eye appointment which is what i was gonna do so okay. um if sure you don't did. mind coming over to uh -huh. a dirty apartment you can come play uh -huh. yeah games. what time what time sure <laughs> day. Sure day. you you do you do realize that it's gonna take you eight hours to just make the character yes, so I understand. Um, yeah 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 okay I just want to, that way I can make it on the PC. So when it does come out next box, like next year, probably at this fucking rate, I know exactly what I'll do. No, you, you know, can just it's like carry a it test over. You, you sign into your Larian Studios account, which you already have. Shut up. Your oh my God. Too, <gasps> right, because they have cross save. I yeah. forgot about that. Yeah. So fuck you, Lissa. <laughs> I, <can't laughs> I love you. <laughs> Jeez. Wow. Thanks. Uh, okay. Uh, so on that note, we're we're going to wrap it up here. Thank you so much for listening. Go play Baldur's Gate 3. If you like this show, you can head on over to campykillcreations.com. Check out all the other stuff we're doing, like Slovenly Trolls, and all of my comic books are over there. Go Hint, hint, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Go check those out. If you really want to support us, head on over to patreon.com slash campykillcreations. Drop a buck or two. You get early content, bonus content, lots of cool stuff happening over there. Charday's lore rewrites. Lissa's book club. Uh, I, I do stuff sometimes, like putting the show out early. <laughs> get it done. Um, one of the reasons why I have it over there, you can follow me on Twitter. Oh, no, you can't. You can follow no, me on X, but can't. I'm not there, so don't do it. But you can follow me on TikTok at uh, <laughs> CBK <laughs> Comics. Uh, I do all of my stuff over on TikTok. I'm a TikToker now. I'm an influencer. Baby. I got 117 followers. I'm hitting the big time. Exactly. Uh, I'm pretty sure Sharday got like 100 followers like day two. But uh, it's <laughs> taken me like a month. Um, <laughs> whatever. Uh, it's way easier to do TTRPG content than comic book content. I maintain Oh, 100%. I don't know. A hundred percent. I don't know because, well, you're on comic book TikTok, so you know better, but I've been on TTRPG TikTok for a while, so I know what they like. TTRPG <laughs> people just like want to build a community and comic book people just want to make comics. Like there's a difference. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that might be part of it. I think you got it. Uh, but yeah, so I'm over there, but my new comic book, Tokyo Fire, is launching on Zoop, the crowdfunding campaign. It's like Kickstarter, but for comics. August 15th. That's a Tuesday. You can go there. You'll have a whole month to back it. There's lots of cool reward content like you get bonuses uh if we get enough people we're gonna do a bunch of like concept art and do a whole art book with it um but uh me and sky hawkins did this thing you'll hear an ad about it so i'm not gonna go into the whole spiel but it launches august 15th please go check it out even if you don't like comics even if you don't want it share it 
let people know about it because this is like make or break for my comic book career. So if you don't want to hear me whine about it for the next year, please just go check it out. <laughs> uh, we got a bunch of variant covers, one from our art. Uh, she's an amazing artist. Uh, I did a, a cover on it. So if you want to see my shitty art, I did a whole cover for it. Um, so there's lots of cool stuff over there. And in general, Zoop's just really cool if you like comic books. Lots of indie creators are over there. So go check it out. Damn it. It's zoop.gg August 15th. Um, and then Sharday, where can the people find you online? Uh, unfortunately I will go down with the ship. That is X. Like I'm still on there. You could still, you could still follow the slovenly trolls at slovenly trolls. I, uh, post some stuff on the TikTok, also at slovenly trolls. And if you have blue sky, there's still not a lot of people on blue sky. Um, I'm trying to be a little bit more active there. We are still, because thank God we have such a weird name. Same thing at Slovenly Trolls. But like they do handles a little bit differently. So it's at Slovenly Trolls dot B-S-K-Y dot social. But I think if you, if you have Blue Sky and you just search Slovenly Trolls on the search bar, you should be able to find us. And, you know, I just said Slovenly Trolls a bunch, but I forgot. I'm a host of the Slovenly Trolls podcast. Do <laughs> <laughs> monthly deep dives into problematic D&D lore and history and and stuff that's yep that's it <laughs> that's what we do yay <laughs> go listen it's very fun go we do listen. an episode every month yeah we just did two on orcs so if you want some hot orc nonsense for hot orc summer check it out <laughs> I, I, it wasn't hot to me I didn't. I wasn't getting. Yeah, I was about to say warm. there was nothing hot about this. Yeah, like and like your, your drow episode, super sexy. Like that would like gotten to some um, details and yeah. some things I didn't need to hear about. The orc one, I feel like <laughs> didn't go there. Well, um, now we just need. No, now this I just is not permission, nor is it a, a yep, request. Yep, I got <laughs> it. Um, Lissa, I feel like we need to do Orcs Part Three specifically about orcs. Let's just get into the sexiness <laughs> of orcs. Okay, well, I did that to myself. I guess Lissa, that's, that's you manifestation. Did. You did. Listen, as as long as it's as horny as our unicorn episode, um, that's all. I um, yeah, we have a pretty high bar to meet. To yeah, I was gonna honest. say I don't that think was that pretty... you can do that. That one was almost exclusive. Again, Terry, a challenge accepted. <laughs> <laughs> like you want us to be hornier, we can do that. I, can, I not... guess I could. I could just stop listening whenever, right? Like I have that <laughs> you ability. Can. As long as I leave the site on, I'm still I'm still producing in some fashion. I don't have to. Hear it. I, we, we talked about it a long time ago. I have no bearing over anything you do over that show it just happens to be on the same site as the other things but i felt like it's mm -hmm. my duty to listen and maybe i need to you know readjust you know my, uh, <laughs> what my sworn oath maybe i can just reevaluate uh uh jamie lannister style i don't know don't don't shy away from like your hot work kinks terry like, i, I don't okay. have maybe like, they'll unlock something to. i guess i don't know moving yeah maybe on, you're just scared moving <laughs> on Lisa, where can the people find you online Online specifically, uh, <laughs> well, don't give your address out. <laughs> so, the cave trolls is on X, but um, the cave trolls is basically dead because I no longer go on X. No, the cave trolls is not there. dead, the X cave trolls account, <laughs> yes, might be yes, dead. yes, the yes. So, the cave, very, the cave trolls do not have any other alternative alternative form of social media so the cave troll social media is basically dead is what you i'm trying email to say us at uh gmail.com or comics at com if you want to talk about comics if you email me about cave trolls i might reply i might not i might tell you to go fall in a hole um 
because that's my comics email, okay? God, what are you thinking? But yeah, Kato's is not dead, Lissa. So where actually can the people find you, Lissa? The Lissa. I represent the slovenly trolls over on Instagram and threads. That is where they can find me. The resume's growing. You're on the threads. Pull that thread. I'm on the threads, and I found a whole bunch of new people who listen to the Slumly Trolls because Hell of it. Hell yeah. Aww. Yeah. Hell yeah. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah, we love it. Um, well, that's been this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we've been the Cables, and we're so sorry. <laughs> uh, and we're out. Once again, we have that special time where we get to thank our Patreon producers. Right now, we have Kim Winson, Jeremy Raymond, the Lorax, and Trellbot. Thank you so much for helping us keep the lights on, the mics rolling. You keep chicken sandwiches in our pockets, and you keep us having fun on the mic. Thank you so much.